Welcome back everybody to the Queer Soul Spotlight. Um, I know they say this every single episode, but I have an amazing guest today. Um, amazing guests only, you guys. No one lame. Kimmy is here. They are incredible. Um, I grew up, well, I guess in high school, I did a show with them. And uh, since then, we've sort of just come in and out of each other's circles in terms of being like fun queer artists and like collabing and getting, you know, cool art out of it. And uh, we're going to talk about their queer soul experience that they just did with me and uh, their photo shoot and all of that. So welcome, Kimmy. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to everybody. Amazing. How are you? You know what? I'm honestly good. It's been really hot today, but like things are playing for my favor and mm-hmm. I, everything's chilling out, literally. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> and like emotionally chilling out. So I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Amazing. I'm good. I'm good. I actually had a really relaxing weekend um, for once. Oh my um, God. <laughs> and so I feel like uh, I actually got today being like, all right, I'm ready to get some work done. I'm ready to hang out. So uh, it's a good time. Amazing. Um, so for all the people listening who have no fucking clue who, who you are, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> knowing that things are fluid and can change and I can't hold you to it, um, just today, how would you describe your queer identity where you sort of, if you had to give yourself little labels and textbook definitions, just for how you feel today, what would it be? Today, I am feeling Kimmy. I'm feeling very queer, feeling very artistic. I think coming into my identity, it became a lot of like, just Kimmy. I just want to be known as Kimmy. And now I'm finding little pockets of like joy, you know, of like the specificity (laughs) in it, in it, because it was really like, Kimmy, that's it. I don't really know anything else, but now like I love my they, them pronouns. I love being non-binary. I love being Asian. I love all the things. So right now, like, Kimmy, queer, they, them, Asian artist. I love that. Yeah. That's wonderful. And, like, what a cool place to be where you can say that you love all those things about yourself that, you know, for so many people and in a lot of circumstances are not things that you want to be loud and proud out or about or that you are. That's crazy. Um, You know, we were talking a lot about, and I ask this, you know, every podcast episode, you have the identities that you discover within yourself and you're like, oh, you know, let me update those pronouns real quick or like, you know, shift which labels you really, really identify with. But also there's roles that you kind of get handed by the way that you look and the way that you sound and the way that people interact with you if you don't get to give them the elevator pitch of, you know, like you don't go up to some random checkout person at the grocery store and be like, hello, I'm Kimmy. I use they, them pronouns. And here's a vague idea of who I am so that you can interact with me in a way that might line up with that. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to me about, you know, has there been good or bad, you know, I don't like putting labels like that on experiences, but either with the labels and the identities that you've discovered that you put out or, and, or the ones that you sort of get placed on you, how does that affect your just like day-to-day existing in the world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
so I feel like when I was younger, I had a lot of identities placed on me very quickly. Um, and they were things that maybe didn't feel right or felt very right with me. But I was always kind of like, mm, I wonder. And then like what? Like what, of, like what identities were put on you? What, what yeah, were you like? I think mm. like very much cute little girly girl. Yeah. Very femme. And also like, I really liked the idea of being able to do like anything. And I was like, I think if I tried at anything, I would be successful at it. And then a lot of people were like, oh, well, you probably should stick with this. You probably should do like, because I started theater relatively young, but it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. and like all these things. And also, again, I think like the body that I'm in and people's impressions of what I look like really spoke for me before I even knew it had a voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you're so, smaller than yeah. me and you have like <laughs> a very cute little round face. And so yeah. and you look round, and you look younger than you are. Same with me. So I feel yeah. like, you know, you're you're very like, oh, little Kimmy. Yeah. And like, then she's so I dainty. Think- she's so cute. <laughs> like terrible. Yeah. And uh, growing up super Christian was also very prescriptive in like the cis het yeah. narrative. And the gender roles were just basically like spoon fed to me. And knowing that I had all this energy and like this kind of sense of like anger and like rebellion in me, but I didn't really know how to do that without offending people or getting in trouble. And so I decided to like own it. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to be the cute girly girl, I'm going to be the cute girly girl. And I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the cutest. I'm going to be the sexiest. I'm also going to be the prettiest. And I'm going to be like the best at singing, the best at all the things if that's how they're going to see me, I'm going to own it. But then, as we all learn, that's just uh, serving white supremacy and sexism and all those things. And it's it's uh, a disservice to me if it's yeah. not rooted in my identity. And yes, it wasn't. And it was just me trying to, like, convince others that, like, no, no, no. Like, this was I, I'm the one that said it. I'm the one that's saying these things about me. Where I wasn't, you know. Um, trying to claim some power in a powerless situation. Because if it was your idea. Yes. Then, then you own everything and you're powerful, Exactly. but that's not even the case. And also there's something to be said about like, you know, AFAB people like we're taught to be small and accommodating Mm -hmm. and cute and like, and so, you know, that plus also just, it's, it's, it's nicer being around people that are having a good comfortable time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you're, in a way, I mean, you're still traumatizing yourself, but it's a lot easier and you have to go through less dramatic, potentially traumatic things if you just make sure everyone around you is having a good time and you don't ruffle any feathers and we have a nice little cute Kimmy package that is what is expected. Well, and doing theater from a young age, that was like innate (sighs) in the discussions, which was like, if you can't be packageable, if you can't be defined so quickly, what's your type, you know? And like, how can you be profitable as soon as possible? And trying to own that. And then as I got older, it was this really lovely conversation of like, oh, wait a minute, like there is a construct I've been following and I can maybe step outside of it or I can question it. And then it turned into like, okay, well, if there were no rules in the world, if there were no assumptions made about me, and if I, and pandemic sucked, but like it did let me be alone for a long time. And so I was like, well, if no one were ever to talk to me, how would I like to be addressed? How would I like to look? How would I like to 
exist with myself. And then I was like, maybe I don't like the way people have been treating me. Maybe I don't like being systemically feminine. And also like, maybe I don't like being tokenized for being Asian, like constantly. And also maybe I don't like not being a part of consent-based situations. Like I do a lot of intimacy training. I've told you about that. And a lot of it is just like, you're not difficult for having an opinion. You're not difficult for having a boundary. And you should never be forced into a situation that you're not fully aware of and that a situation you're forced to code switch in or that you're forced to sacrifice part of yourself in order to appease the masses or appease the people around you. And that was like, yeah. For the people listening, can you quickly explain what code switching is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Code switching is when someone of an intersectional identity will enter a space And in order to, this is an aggressive way of putting it, but in order to survive, you have to sacrifice parts of your innate identity, things that you probably can't control, like your race and sexuality um, and gender expression, things like that, in order to be palatable and acceptable in the environments that you're in. And that is at least the definition that I find uh, quite powerful in the way that I enter spaces because it's Definitely. Everybody has like a bag of experience that just comes from birth, that comes from how they were raised, how they were conditioned, also like socioeconomic status and like the way people have treat you. And you can't get rid of those things, but sometimes you will be faced with You need to minimize them as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And then that can come in the form of like, uh, let's say someone who is black is auditioning for a musical and they need to tone down what some white people would call Mm -hmm. uh, an urban accent, which is just like, guys, it's just that. AV. Um, but, uh, or like, you know, if I am auditioning for a show where the role I want is, you know, like in a straight relationship in the show, like I'm going to dress more feminine than I really feel comfortable being because yeah. I need them to be able to see me in this role mm-hmm. visually, even though like obviously they'll give me costumes, but it's like they can't. Yeah. And the thing that is ridiculous to me is the the bag of experiences that you were talking about is what actually makes you marketable and makes you have this unique point of view that you can bring to the table. Absolutely. Um, and, and that you know, regardless, there's always going to be someone prettier than you and more talented than you. But like the, it's, it's the weird, cool, unique sort of constellation of your identity that you bring, not even just to auditions, but like to life that makes you interesting. And I care so much more about that than like, you know, you and I were talking about how you consciously went away like you were you stopped trying to be beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah and consciously did things whether or not you were like yeah this is gonna be great but when you made choices like shaving your head or the way Mm -hmm. that you you know present yourself with clothing you were consciously just trying things to try them and not giving a shit whether it looked appealing in any way can you talk about that process and how you sort of spitballed a bunch of stuff until you sort of honed in on this particular version of Kimmy absolutely um so during the pandemic I spent so much time alone and I was doing like mild and mild online projects and some of them I remember I did like an online scene and the script was written 
with no gender in mind for the character I was playing. So they used they, them pronouns. And I was like, don't know why I like that so much. That is that feels really really good. I got a little serotonin hit there. I, I was like, what that's, "That's about." I was like, "That's kind of weird." And especially like when I was doing it, I was like, "I don't think I should play this role." Like, I'm I'm she her. Like, I'm girly girl. Like, I don't use they them. Yeah, and, and you're then, taking and you're taking a part away from a non-binary exactly. person. And so I had to really Did, think. You're about the it. non-binary person. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really think about it, and then I was like, mm, "If it's wrong, why does it feel so right?" And so then I slowly started like really questioning myself and being like, okay, maybe I should think about things outside of the way I've always existed. And again, getting a musical theater degree, I was marketed to be very pretty ensemble understudy who could be anything, but was like always yeah, very ambiguous. good to look at. Yeah. yeah. And like, that was always like, that was my feedback all the time was like, mm, yeah, like, blah, blah, blah. but like, you look great. You look great. Like, oh my God, you're so smart. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, okay, well, what if and you look Asian and you have freckles? Like, wow, <laughs> ambiguous. That's so marketable. But at the same time, yeah. no one will hire you for anything. Yeah. Cause I because was like an idea of a person. I yeah. wasn't who I wanted to be. And so then I was like, well, what if I strip away everything and I start from ground zero? And it started a lot with my hair, where yeah. my hair has always been like a big old thing about me, which I love my hair, but it became a pretty hairstyle and a person that came with it. And that was really kind of like fucking with my brain. And so I was like, what if I just shave it? And I was like, mm, that'd be really like a very literal way of starting from the ground up and being yeah. able to build who I want to be. So then, and it, it was such an odd thing because it was something that like, I've always been like, what if I just shave my head? That'd be crazy. But when I actually came to the choice, I was like, so calm. I was so just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. That feels really solid for me. Yeah. And so I did and it. And also and, it'll grow yeah. back if you hate it. But it's this yeah. thing of like, it's not even about the hair. It's mm -hmm. about shaving off that security blanket that you have maybe been yeah. hiding under behind yeah. and seeing when you don't have that to be the foundation of who you are, what is yeah. left. I write a lot of poetry, as you know, and so it's I wrote, very good, everyone. It's very oh good. God. You guys follow me. Follow my poetry. Oh, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. You can plug anything you want. Um, oh, I love a plug. I love a socket in the only the the job sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote this whole piece about how it didn't matter how I felt about myself. It didn't matter how I was doing, whether I was like very depressed, not eating, not drinking water. But if I could curl my hair and put on mascara, I was fine. And if I could look good, it didn't matter how I felt because I would always be better off looking pretty and looking like I was doing well. And so again, that was like the big thing I was thinking about. And I was like, that's been really tied with my hair. And so when yeah. I shaved my head, I was able to like literally look at my face, look at my body, look at the things that like made me excited to get dressed in the morning, made me excited to put make, like I fell, I ironically fell back in love with femininity because femininity felt so forced on me for a majority of my life where it didn't, I didn't have the option to choose that. And then as and that was like a couple of years ago. And so as my hair started to grow out and I really started to kind of like question things and be like, okay, let's do like the emotional equivalent of shaving my head for this concept about myself, for yeah. this way of existing. And I was like, maybe I don't have to wear heels. Maybe I don't have to like 
pretend to be ethnically ambiguous forever. Like I can say I'm, and also a lot of this, like I couldn't think about my gender until I thought about my, my racial identity. I couldn't think about those things until I figured out from the ground up. And so shaving the head really helped me own my Asian identity that was weirdly up for debate for everyone other than me. And I right. was like, why does everybody else get a say on this? And also putting me in positions that are very traumatic and also very harmful because they're not looking at me. They're looking at what I can do for them. Yeah. You know? It's who, and, who you yeah. are to them instead of, you know, who you are as a human yeah. being. And also this is a very important thing to note about intersectionality that a lot of uh, white people in general, but also white queer people um, mm-hmm. often don't understand is that for us, our queer identity is separate from our race. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, our race, yeah. being white doesn't necessarily affect, it doesn't mix in with my queerness mm-hmm. in any sort of tangible way, the way it does for black queer people, the way it does Absolutely. for Asian queer people, because you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, just like, this is a, this is a woman's issue, not, not, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, I can't, I, you know, not me personally, but like, you know, I as a black person or whoever, you can't separate them. And that is, that is a, a full life experience that is so many layers that yeah. white people and white queer people especially will never understand. Like, I don't yeah. understand, but I get that that's a thing. And because it's not a thing that I ever have to think about in my own personal experience, you mm-hmm. assume no one else has to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, a, that's such a big thing too, of being able to think outside of yourself, to think outside of your identity, you know, and being yeah. able to have that accountability for yourself. Again, like I'm Asian, but I am not black or brown like I'm not indigenous mm-hmm. like that experience is completely different than mine so I can only understand up until a point and I have to educate myself to be able to have conversations and to like support something that is like not innate in my everyday life like I'm not going to be treated as such but like just because it's not my experience doesn't mean I'm like oh not for me not for me bye like I'm gonna <laughs> only like not my problem eh. and it's like no I don't get to do that that's irresponsible and it's privilege it's privilege absolutely yeah Yeah. I mean I I get to go around having my fun little queer journey and have pretty much nothing else like come into those discoveries yeah can you tell me a little bit about how the sort of tandem process of coming to terms with your queer identities and your Asian identity how those things affected each other as they were sort of happening at the same time yeah um so when COVID hit and it was while I was graduating college and then Black Lives Matter really took center. Yeah. Yeah. And me and my friends, we started a like BIPOC artist awareness group in our college where it was for all the BIPOC members. And so then it was a time where I was like really, really forced to look at this again outside of my own experience especially again with my with a lot of the times that I've had it was really hard to own my Asian identity because it was either disregarded because I'm only half Japanese only half Japanese and people would yes yeah, so you're not that's not that's not Asian yeah. enough come on yeah I was not Asian enough but I was also not white enough so people would be like oh well like you would never be considered an Asian person on stage but then I would never get cast in anything other than like 
a background thing because then I could also never be considered fully white on stage. And so, so I you was, get nothing. I, yeah. And even if I had a moment, like I remember I had moments in class too where I would get excited and I'd be like, oh my God, like Japanese theater. Like I'd bring something up and people would be like, oh, we get it. You're Japanese. Blah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, wait, that's, that's, that's your whole personality, Kimmy. I was like, wow. guess I can never talk about it. But it was also insane because I was conditioned never to talk about it, yet it was all people saw of me. Like, for a really long time, I didn't even think I looked Asian. Like, I was like, no, like, oh, who would ever think I looked Asian? And it's like, I, I am. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I literally, that is the body that I'm in. Yeah. And I was kind of convinced the way I saw myself was wrong. And I should be seeing myself the way others saw me, which was an ambiguous way. And so I never really got to even think about myself. So in this time, when it was the forefront of conversations, and so then I really started to look into myself and be like, oh, one, hello, like white supremacy <laughs> is fucking everywhere. Yeah. And like also racism is just innate in every single system and structure that we live in in the world. Yeah, and it, like, it doesn't have to be literal, giant, large scale hate crimes. It's yeah. in, oh, well, Kimmy, you could be in Miss Saigon. You could oh be in God. Hamilton. I had a voice teacher. It's like you're not even speak. the right kind of Asian to be in Saigon. Like that's not Japan. My voice teacher literally would be like, Kimmy, you have to be in King and I. And I was like, I think King and I is a beautiful show. I don't feel right doing it. I don't think it's for me. And she was like, why would you not? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Well, what? Well. <laughs> and even simply me saying no. Again, like as an artist, I'm allowed to say yes or no to whatever I want to do. For like, any reason. Yeah, like for any reason under the sun. And I didn't get that. I was always like had to be convinced out of it. So with my own identity, I had to be convinced out of a lot of the things that I wanted to be. Like even if I wanted to dress relatively masked, that was a missed opportunity for me or that was like a fail on me. Like I dressed the wrong way. It was yeah. like a lot of that constantly. So with this time of having these conversations and I had like a few really, really solid friends that were like really, really lovely and were able to have space with me and I was able to have the time by myself to like really think about it, educate myself and think about like the world and also like art is really fun, theater is really fun, but like it's not just fun. <laughs> like there's a lot of problems with it and there's a lot yeah. of problems with every single system and I had to really look at that and I was like okay if I want to be an artist like I have to be responsible for the things that I'm doing and the art that I'm creating and like the worlds that I'm facilitating in a rehearsal room in the plays I write in the things I do yeah. and I had to really really think about that and so when I finally got to like rejoice in my heritage I felt so much fuller like, it felt like I was kind of, I felt this impeding sense of loneliness a majority of my life, and I didn't really know what it was. And I think it was just, like, hollowing of myself to be what other people wanted me to be. So when I really started having questions, really started making choices for myself, and also, like, holding myself accountable for my identity, I was like, oh this is really exciting. Like, I'm so much more curious about who I am and also, like, the conversations I'm a part of and the groups of people I want to be a part of. And, like, I'm from California, but I live in Utah, and it's, like, a relatively white place. And so being, like, oh, You don't have maybe. to say relatively. It's an extremely <laughs> white place. Yeah. It's and one like, of it's, the whitest places. 
as you've heard, as you've heard. Uh, and then like being able to be like, oh, I'm curious. And it, it felt like, it felt like I was missing out on so much of life because there were just so many different experiences that I had no idea about, let alone my own experience I had no idea about. So yeah, that was kind of- you get to meet yourself for the first yeah. time. And so that was really exciting. And then once I came to there, that's when like the theater thing happened. And then I started kind of questioning my pronouns, questioning my presentation, questioning like my sexuality and all these things. And I was like, oh, I'm, I, it, it wasn't like no, like people weren't letting me think about this, but I felt like I was now allowed to think outside of the physical body that I have been yeah. forced to look at my entire life, you know? It, it, it was, yeah, I mean, it's not like anyone was actively trying to keep you from doing that exploration, but it was never yeah. presented to you openly as an option. Yeah, like I never even got the conversation to be like, hey, what's a pronoun, you know, like yeah, for heads so up, long. You can change your pronouns whenever you want. Like just, and yeah. I, I firmly believe, and I just, uh, in, in Rivers podcast episode, we talked about this, every single fucking person, cisgender, straight, I don't care, just for fun, should take some time intentionally to question those things. Because yeah. we're, like simplest case scenario, you confirm that you are cis. You confirm that you are straight. Yeah. Hooray, proud of you. But like when it's never presented you, to you from an early age as an option that you can do this work on yourself and just, just for fun to see what happens, yeah, you never do. And so I feel like there's so many people that go through their whole lives being like, well, I feel fine straight and cis, so why would I even explore yeah. what other options might feel like? You don't know how good something can feel when you've never experienced it. Like if all you've experienced is like, I was happy being identifying as straight and cis, like I was fine. But as the different layers, you know, as I was coming out and coming out and coming out, I was going, Oh, this is what happy is. Oh, Mm. Oh, never mind. That bitch knew nothing. This is what happiness (laughs) is. And, and going through cycles of that and you don't know how good it can get. Like, if you're feeling as good as you've ever felt, you have no idea how much further it could go. For all you know, you're the happiest you could be. And so it's like, go do the work yeah. just for fun. The very, you know, worst case scenario, nothing new happens. Whatever. Yeah. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like everything you do for the first time is innately scary because it's uncomfortable because you've never done it. You've literally never done it before. Yeah. Like if you, like imagine the first time you tried to walk, like absolutely terrifying. Yeah, terrible. So like I think people find that discomfort or that fear of not knowing and they're like, mm, probably just shouldn't do it. And it's like, okay, but also you're not gonna you're not gonna lose anything if you do like you know it and also it's like I think there's this curiosity is such a gift in being alive like the world is meaningless and there's no sense to anything so like the only thing we really have to control is like our bodies in this moment being conscious of something going around us so like curiosity is such a great guiding tool of like oh, how do I want to live this day? Maybe today I feel a little different than I did yesterday. Maybe I feel a little different than I did an hour ago. And I'm allowing that. But when you have like more options of the self, you can like have more fun with it. And even like in your community too, like if you're surrounded by the same person 24 seven, you're like, okay, this is fun. But like, I wonder, and it's like, again, with these groups, companies, anything that are so like white cis dominant, And it's like, aren't you curious about like 
the global majority? Aren't you curious about like how much more exciting life can be? Because there's so much more life outside of your own perspective that is existing around you. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it's there. So you might as well celebrate it. You might as well be like, oh, that person's attempting to live life just as I, and they are different than me. Like, Great. you know what I mean? And Party. so like, why would you, if it feels so good to own your identity, like, your identity yeah. can be more than one thing. I think also like a Absolutely. lot of people are afraid to like, and a lot of people speaking for myself as well, where it was like, I'm having the journey of like, I found the epitome of like self-awareness and confidence to be like definitive choices of being like, oh, I always do this. Therefore, I know myself more because I always do this. I'm consistent. Or like, oh, I, I identify as this one thing. And so like, I know myself. I know the epitome of myself. And it's like, that's so restricting though, because you can, I don't know, like life is so much more active and interesting when you can allow those multitudes of the self to speak and be quiet or to joke 100%. and laugh as much as they want yeah. to, you know? And, and like, also, also yeah. like you, you, you know, even if you do the work once and come up with some identities for yourself, then you're done. Yeah. And like, as you have more life experiences and the language changes and, yeah. you know, you have more time on earth, well, you've already done the work and you've already come up with your labels. So you, you can't ever do the work again. And it's like, yeah, no, like you can, I mean, you can do the work once and be as confident as you want in the labels that you are choosing to identify with, but mm -hmm. also give yourself, give yourself, I can't talk, <laughs> give yourself Same. the opportunity down the road to do it again. And again, yeah. either nothing, it'll either help as you evolve or do nothing and you stay the same. Yeah. Like there's no bad side anyway. Like, and you um, can always, yeah, I agree. And you can always change your mind. You can always make another choice. One choice doesn't, yeah. def like you can't, you don't only get like 10 choices in your life and then you can't make any more. Like you could be no, like, No, and also then I wouldn't I decide right now. I would put off yeah. doing the work because Absolutely. I'm like, well, I don't have all the information. But anyway. Me too. Like, and I felt this that is, so much. Yeah. This is a wonderful TED talk. I'm loving it. Um, oh my God, stop. In, <laughs> no, you're so good. Can we talk a little bit um, about going into like the planning of Absolutely. how you took, you know, this realization of yourself and threw it into very visually speaking how we did your photo shoot? Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. I think when you offered me this collaboration process that when mm -hmm. we first did it, it was this great like container that allowed for so much to be happening inside of it of like, this is what this process is. This is what this experience is now. Like run with go it for it. Yeah. And yeah. then I was able to be like, what am I thinking about right now? What is something I'm curious about right now? Um, and then and we sort of split I it into two because you have you get you know yeah. the two concepts, and uh -huh. so I feel like we had one that was very like non-binary, talking about like you know if you really want to dig deep, sort of the going through the work, pushing up, breaking against you know breaking down the walls that you've been trapped in, and sometimes getting hurt and feeling defeated, yeah. but still in the end looking baller. Um, <laughs> so that turned into like, you guys will see, like that turned into the skate park with the rollerblading, which, which yeah. how did you feel about that? That was so fun for me. 
it was so fun and it was just like direct. It was like really nice to not have to like convince you of the concept. It was really nice to not have to convince you that this could look really cool. It was really nice to not have to like, to not have to like be like, you didn't have to pitch it. My pronouns. And I can tell you why this is a cool idea because of la la la. Like I told you and you were like, yeah. Absolutely. Done. And then I could just <laughs> be like we – I feel like we discovered so many cool things so fast just because like we were there. And then we're like, great. Again, we have this container for this shoot. And now we're just going to play. You know, like we understood the rules of the game that we created for this photo shoot and like we won the game. Like you like it's subjective winning or losing, blah blah blah. But like we kinda won it. Like it was really nice and you know what I mean? Like it was yeah, just and we also like we'd great. never been there. Like we didn't know what it was uh-huh. gonna exactly look like aside from the pictures we'd seen. And so we got to be yeah. like, Okay, let's try this. Oh well, nope, that that didn't work at all. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. And it's this very low stakes thing where, you know, we have the framework of your identity and the framework of the concept. And then within, again, the box, the frame, you can try whatever the fuck you want. And if it feels authentic to you, Kimmy, then it is correct. You did it. Yeah. Good job. It it was nice to like, yeah. And it was nice to be able to be like, hey, I have this idea. Can we try this? And you're like, yeah. And then I was like, I have this idea. Can we try that? And then, oh, can we also (laughs) squeeze this in? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just straightforward and like nice. And I didn't have to like. Because I I do a lot of modeling. I do a lot of artistic things. And but you're a lot, not again, like, it. You're not selling something. Yeah. And, like, the code switching, again, innate in, like, how I model and how I look. Like, I'm serving mm-hmm. a purpose. And, like, a lot of the time I've gotten lucky with a lot of really cool things. But sometimes I leave a thing and I go, ah, I did the thing and I guess I looked pretty. You know what I mean? And, like, but this I yeah. was, like, yeah, I get to just, like, be Kimmy for, like, a little second in a very specific way of myself and like have fun and then done deal. Like, and I, it was something that kind of just like fell along the journey versus like, oh, okay, I'm going to take a little corner to do a job or a little, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to do this and like, and also, also like I am the facilitator of this. Like I give you the Mm -hmm. canvas and the art materials. I don't get to define what feels authentic to you. And the whole concept of this is getting to celebrate your authentic self and create very diverse intersectional queer representation on your terms by the people who are actually part of those sections of the queer community. So if you say, oh, I want to do this like very feminine cherry blossoms pearl thing that feels authentic to this part of me. I don't get to, I'm not in a position where I get to go, no, it's not. Like that's, that's the, I don't get to decide But it's that. also like, that is how like so many spaces are. So many spaces are like, I feel this. And you go, do you really feel that? I think you feel this. Like again, people's own impressions and-, and assumptions of you take precedent over what you say about yourself in like also, so also, many circumstances. And like, and like maybe your idea makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And like in the end, like it's my photography. So it's about yeah. me. So let me mm. like hinder your creative process. Like that's so stupid to me. And that's the opposite yeah. of what I'm trying to do here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love the cherry blossoms one. Cause even like in the moment when Natty was doing your makeup, we were like, oh, what if we used the pearls as freckles to mm-hmm. act on your actual freckles? 
I've never Absolutely. seen anyone do that. And so even in the moment, having this yeah. space to like, if something isn't quite working, throw it in the garbage, like try something else. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it feels, again, like this is the little mantra of the photo shoot section. Like if it feels authentic to you, you're doing it correctly. Done. Period. Yeah. It's art. Like no one gets to define if it's good art or not. As long as you do it confidently in a way that feels authentic to you, you did it correctly and people will like it. Period. And I think like authenticity too gets debated as like authenticity versus like effectiveness in the arts with like photo shoots. And I think that's an interesting conversation because like that is defined by the person who is there. Like, you know what I mean? Like someone could be like, I want to do something visually and like create a story, blah, 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 blah. And like that is just as authentic as someone being like, I just want to like explore this concept and I think it'll be really cool. And that's also like just as cool. Like authenticity is just like a thing that makes you excited to do it. That makes you like excited to keep going when so often we're forced to like I guess I have to do this now or like, uh, okay, like this is the next you're step. Creating, and it's like, you're creating in favor of the person consuming mm-hmm. the art. When it's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't really care what you think about it. I think if I show up with, you know, my true self and being excited about it and being a hundred million percent confident about it, that wh- whatever it makes the person consuming it feel it makes them feel something and it makes them look twice. And in that way, yeah. whatever they think, whatever their impression is, I, we have succeeded, you and I, me and, and whoever. I That's like, why I want to do so many. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like I was lucky to be able to do the two options because it was like Kimmy in the roller skating photo shoot was different than Kimmy in the cherry blossom pearl. And it wasn't like I lied the last photo shoot. That wasn't actually me. I was like I was both – I'm both of those people. I'm both of yeah. those people. And I get to play in those – parts of me and like focus on them in these particular things and that was really fun to right. be like and if we're and if we're gonna get to, me and me. <laughs> yeah if we're gonna get to every single aspect of you we would have to do a hundred million of these and Absolutely. also by the time we finish you would be a different person we would have to start over so this is like a nice mm-hmm. way of doing you know let's just focus on two that are maybe a little bit broader and then yeah, also yeah. in the end when I have you know 20 30 200 of these under my belt Absolutely. then you know, again, like I've said this before, when I get like 20 or 25, I want to turn it into a book because then every page you see them all at once, all these different shoots, all these different people and their stories. And every single page is here's a way to be queer. And it is correct. Here's another way to be queer. It is also correct. And it's just like, there's, there's infinite ways to be queer correctly. There's no way yeah. to be queer that is incorrect. And and regardless of stereotypes, regardless of whatever, like if it feels good to you and it sits right with you, congrats, like A plus work on being queer. And as long as it makes you happy, like I always talk about yeah. like doing things that, and, and, you know, reaching for goals that more than anything, more than capitalizing on things, um, you know, you feel like you have to capitalize on all your skills, um, doing things that, purely just bring you joy and have no other value in the world. Yeah. Um, do you have something like that? Oh my God, I do. Cause there was a podcast I listened to forever ago about having things in your life that have no purpose other than joy. Yep. Because especially like being an artist, I used to be like, my joy is my art. But if that's my job, I didn't really have the space to think outside of that. So I was like, 
I love to write. And I was like, oh, if I'm going to write, like, I should write, like, something and be able to post it and share it. Or like, oh, if I'm going to sing, I should really be, like, warming up and doing technique and blah, 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 blah. So I did, like... Also, that implies that in order to have fun at something, you have to be really fucking good at it. And that's not true. Absolutely. And, like, so... I love this question because I think it's incredibly necessary to have things that like you do that are, it's just for the sake of doing it. Like I love to watercolor. I love to rollerblade and roller skate, as you know, not as keen on skating, even though I want to be, I'm going to practice. I'm going to be really good at it, but I love rollerblading. I could do it for hours and hours on end. Um, I love watering my plants. Like I've never been a big plant person. Because I have been not successful, but now I have these plants and I love just like watering them and spritzing them and just being like, what's up, you guys? Like that's, and I could do that for literally hours and just like sit and like look at them. And um, oh God, there was another thing that I've just been doing recently. And I think it's just like, what is it? Uh, eh, whatever. I'll find it. But like you can we'll have so many things. But those, yeah. yeah, but those are the things that like, I consistently go to and I'm like, yeah, this is really fun. And I don't, and especially with like watercolor, that was a thing that I really started doing. And it was like the only art thing that I didn't like YouTube, how to watercolor. I didn't like Google, like watercoloring techniques. I just did it. And I don't really have, like, I have a whole box of paintings that I just do. And then I'm like, okay, that was fun. I'll do another one. And like no other purpose other than that. I'm like, I really like the process and the feel of doing this. And at the end of the and day, I happy. And yeah. therefore it has value. Done. Yeah. Period. Done. Ugh, capitalism. Um, and it's also <laughs> necessary. Like it actually is necessary yeah. for like your brain to be well, able to do something. Way yeah. To do self-care and self-love where you're like, Absolutely. I'm not going to sell this shit on Etsy, but like it really makes me feel calm and, yeah. and happy. What is that? I mean, do those things sort of the Venn diagram of shit you do that has yeah. no real value and also things that you do for self-care? Like, what is that Venn diagram like? What do you do to take oh, care of yourself yeah. in that sort of way? I say those things. Journaling is integral to my life. And it's the thing mm-hmm. that I so easily drop because – my brain goes so fast and I get so tired. I'm like, writing is a lot. And I write, I write so much. So I'm like, I don't really want to do it. But every time I sit and I journal and I, again, and not journaling for the purpose other than to write. And it's like, I, I want to say something and maybe what I want to say is nothing. <laughs> and then I just and, and write it and I write, be, you know, it doesn't have to be good writing. You're not going to publish no. it. Like, I feel like, yes. you know, when I was yeah. writing diaries, I was like, it has to be intriguing. Oh my and God. I'm, like, I'm probably never going to read it again. It's just for my own personal processing. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. And I used seller. to, oh my God, I used to be like, I was, I was the bitch that was like, if I'm going to journal, I'm going to do like the pretty bullet journals and I'm going to have the best handwriting and I'm going to have the most eloquent thoughts. So when I look back at it, I can read all these things. And then it made me so anxious to journal. I never did. Or I would start writing. I thought it was bad. I'd rip out the pages and just never write because I was afraid. Yeah. And now I just fucking like shit post on my little own journal and I'll be (laughs) like, well, it's you. Oh my God. It's me. And like, I'll, and then I'll read it again, like literally later that day or the next day. And I'll be like, I am so cool. I'm so glad I did that. But my handwriting is shit. I'm also writing about things that maybe there's things I'm not proud of or things I am not super like, I want to remember this, but I feel the need to write it. Or like, sometimes I'll just be like, it's 1 a.m. I stayed up pretty late, but I'm curious about blah, blah, blah. And like, I'll just like write and I'll be like, 
okay, cool. Like I'm super, and it's Bye. like, a, it's kind of like what I imagine. It's kind of what prayer used to be for me, but just a sense of meeting yourself at some point in the day and like giving yourself and giving yourself like devoted attention. Like I'm only listening to myself when I journal. And that is so important to me, especially because like this journey of self-love that we talk about, it used to not exist. I used to genuinely not like myself. And like not in a way where I was like, fuck you, Kimmy, like I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. But it was like, I couldn't look at myself or be like, I genuinely like X, Y, and Z. And now, like, I love the way I think. I love the way I express myself. And so when I have thoughts, like, I literally just had a very interesting conversation with someone that I didn't feel right with, and I was journaling about it. And I was like, "Mm, I feel really bad. Like, maybe I said something wrong. And I was like, no, no. Like, I literally wrote no, dash, no, Kimmy. You actually didn't say anything wrong. If anything, I'm very proud of you for the things you said. I think you said amazing things. If any, and then I like went off and I like literally had this conversation with myself and I was like, this is so cool that I am now an advocate. You can catch yourself. Yeah, you can Mm -hmm. catch yourself and be like, I would never say shit like this to someone I loved. That's, you're, I'm being fucking mean to myself what the fuck self and then you like literally have to like catch yourself and practice it's a practice yeah and be like oh that was kind of mean Kimmy why are you being mean to Kimmy Kimmy and literally and like that's such good advice like yeah and it's like accepting the multitudes where I'll like write things and I'll just be thinking and I'm not really feeling extreme in any way but after like the little journal I'll just be like and right now I'm really happy period or I'll be like right now I don't really know how I'm feeling or I'll do something where it's like I think love used to be such a verb for me where it was like I love you like I'm doing an act like I'm acting out love and now I'm just seeking with self-care and self-love and all these things I'm just seeking things that make me feel love like love the noun of like what is love like who is she who are they like I don't know me don't hurt me. me. No. 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 So like, so like all of this is amazing <laughs> and I would buy a hundred tickets to your Ted talk, but oh specifically God. like honing in on this, if for all the little baby gays, the baby queers out there, whatever uh, age, yes, yes. what if you had like a central little mission statement, little short paragraph of like mm-hmm. what you wish you known when you were first starting out, what you like would say, what is yeah. that? go I would say no matter what you are not flawed you are not wrong to your core and you are not bad at existing any stage of your life because when I would question things or I would get really nervous or I would get really afraid when I didn't feel comfortable in X, Y, and Z, I would always think to myself, oh, I'm doing a bad job at existing. I'm doing a bad job at being alive. I must be doing something wrong. And like also there's no timeline to follow. Like you don't need to know everything by like 21. You don't need to know anything by 24. (laughs) You don't need to know everything by like 30, 40, blah, blah, like, and I think for in my, in my personal journey, it actually really took me a long time to quote unquote, like come out of the closet and a lot of things about me. I did a lot of like It was a lot of fear. It was a lot of like random, random FaceTimes where I would accidentally talk about something and start crying and be like, oh, I guess this maybe struck something a little deeper in me. And I 
Same. Needed to be okay with like how long that took. And also yeah. being okay with the I don't knows, where I'd be like, this was a lot, and I don't really know what to do about that. And just starting with like little steps and knowing you can take a step in a direction and you can always just take another step. You don't need to take a step back. You can just take a step in a different direction. Like yeah. every choice you make is going to help you find the choices that excite you. And so just like take your time. There's no right way to do it. Like I did a lot of like soft coming out of like I would ask a friend to use they, them pronouns. I would like change my pronouns on Instagram but not like announce it. And like, you know, I did a lot of things. That's totally because, allowed too. And it's not – and there is no like way to – come to it and also like like even with my sexuality like I thought I was bi and then I thought I was pan and then I thought I was afraid of intimacy in general which uh, of course I still am but at least now I know it's not because of my sexuality it's because I'm asexual and who knows maybe that'll change in like a couple weeks days months years but like right now I'm finding I'm finding out what feels exciting in my body. And so when I know that feeling, I can make any choices that I want to because I'm listening to that feeling. And the whole time, regardless how iffy and weird and, you know, not at the final place, because there is no final place, that whole time you are a whole complete valid, awesome person. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be pretty. I think it's we not could gonna. Be- Let me just heads up real quick. It will not be perfect. If you try, yeah. it will fail because it's impossible. Yeah. And it's like there is like like there is no right way to do it. Just doing it is a gift. Just being able to like take a step and to Done. start at some place is Amazing. really cool. So yeah. take your time. You are going to be you are going to survive everything good and bad will pass and like just have fun just like fucking find the things that like excite you like I think curiosity and excitement rather than good and bad are like a better way to gauge something like if something hurts you like something gives you anxiety and you're like oh it's probably just me I'm probably the problem and like I'm anxious and it's like yeah maybe you have anxiety but also maybe that thing doesn't feel good and you're allowed to be like that didn't feel good I'm gonna change And then if something feels good, follow that. Be like, why did that feel good? Maybe it was just because it was the moment. Maybe it's because that's how you identify. Maybe it's because it's a terminology that you're not used to and you're curious. Like, fucking just follow the feeling. And it starts with getting to know yourself. I love it. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready for rapid fire? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Ready? Let's go. What is your favorite podcast at the moment aside from this one? Obviously. Okay. Well, I would say, I just have to say my dad wrote a porno. Have you heard that Thank one? You. Okay. Kimmy, <laughs> not only, not only have Ali and I listened to the entire thing twice, you are you not stop. the first queer soul beta test client to suggest this. I'm so glad there's something about it that it's so absolutely charming. It's also creative and it takes no toll off of me. Like I can jump in and out of it. I can be riveted by it, but also like What's going to happen to Belinda? You know what I mean? Like, oh it's God. just it's like so, high so silly. And it's, so it's, it's the stakes. silliest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life. And it's, I, like, I get tummy aches just like anybody. But I will tell you that nowadays, when episodes are actively coming out, most of my tummy uh-huh. aches are because I am laughing so hard that I am also crying from this podcast. <laughs> oh, 
It's so good. And I'm glad like the whole squad is like, we get it. We know it's good content and that's good. Oh yeah. No, Logan literally was like, you have to do this. And I was like, Logan, you're the one that introduced me to this. And now you're recommending it to everyone. (laughs) So I'm glad that you're also on board. This is going to be like a drinking game, everyone, whether or not you drink like alcohol, just get your little water, get your little juice. You have to take a shot of whatever you're drinking. Every time someone on this podcast recommends my dad wrote a porno. (laughs) Also my dad wrote a porno. Sponsor us, sponsor us, please. Sponsor us. us. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put, I'll try to remember to put a link to them in the, uh, show notes. Oh yeah. Okay. This is not very rapid. Here we go. (laughs) What's your favorite comfort food? Salmon. Salmon and miso soup in any way, shape or form of the two. But if I can have one or both, yum. What's your biggest pet peeve? I think weaponizing ignorance to be completely honest. And maybe it's just the particular experiences I'm having, but when people who don't have to think outside themselves think that that it means that they don't have anything to learn and then they make it everyone's problem when other people are bringing up things and it's like, hmm, maybe it's your privilege that's keeping you from thinking about this and don't use that against me. Yeah, so I you, hate can, that. you just, can be ignorant all you want, but like not in a way that hurts other people. As long as you're just hurting yourself with your ignorance, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, and like honestly, it's just so idiotic at this point. Like Google exists, the news. Do you not want to learn? Do you not want to any social media? As a person? Like, oh my god, literally. And I can just so shout about this. It. It's okay. like that's it. Amazing. That's the peeve. Um, inside or outside, what is your favorite thing about yourself right now? Right now, I would say it is, it's my, my thoughts and the way I see things right now. I think I am coming to a place where I've done a lot of like training, particularly with intimacy directing, and it's reshaping my language, reshaping the way I talk with people, reshaping the way I think about things. And that has been really exciting for me when I enter spaces and when I'm by myself because I've, I've been having a better time hanging out with myself and I've been having a better time hanging out with other people because of the way I exist. And I think that it's because so of wholesome. that. You're doing yeah, a good job you. existing, Kimmy. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And then now it is time for the plugs where if you want people to find you anywhere in the social media times... What are you Absolutely. working on? Where can people find you? I will also put links in the show notes um, for everyone, but tell yeah. them now. So I think the most active platform I use is Instagram. Follow me mm-hmm. on the grams. Uh, Kimmy Lals, K-I-M-I-L-A-W-L-S. That is the one I use. It links to my poetry account as well. I also post my current projects on there. You can follow me on TikTok. That would actually be silly because TikTok (laughs) is when you could see a visual representation of my queer journey of like me being very cis, me being very femme and slowly kind of not. Um, And I'm also hoping to post a little bit more on that because I just kind of want to be silly because now like I'm not really going on TikTok for any reason other than to be silly. So like I might as well play. Um, I'm going to have a website soon and I think I'll share that on my Instagram, but like, it'd be cool if you followed my website and like fucking cared about me in that way. Or you're just curious. Um, I have also things, I have like a link of a play that is now a movie. Watch it on YouTube. It's also in the link in my Instagram. Like watch that movie. So follow Kimmy on Instagram. I will put the link in the little show notes and then Mm -hmm. hit that link in the bio and go to every single one of them and just absorb their awesomeness because they have so much cool stuff happening all the time and really revolutionary shit that like is not your run of the mill 
like I'm making art. Like it's it's some <laughs> special shit. Okay, go look oh at God. it. Give oh. them some love. Also, you know to follow me because I'm gonna be posting all about their shoot, all the different things, little reels, a little behind the scenes, and uh, yeah. Thank you for being here, Kimmy. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for facilitating a space to have conversations like this. Amazing. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will uh, be here with another episode next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Oh, it's like, goodbye. We'll never see you again. No, never. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week, okay? Bye. (laughs)